For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Uh, good evening, Wrestling Inc. It is me, Nick Hausman, the managing editor at Wrestling Inc. And I am joined here tonight for a raw discussion with the one and only, the executive editor, my boss, Raj Geary. Raj, welcome back to your show. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. How are you doing? Good. I'm a winner, baby. Woo! There you go. Yeah, Matt Matt Morgan, he's out this week surfing in Hawaii. Uh, so lucky man uh, being able to miss this week's show. And Glenn will be back next week, man. Man, Glenn, the two shows he missed are like two of the uh, most boring episodes of Raw I've seen in a long time. So well, lucky guy. Well, you, you say that. We were talking a little briefly before we got on the air here. We wanted to save this, uh, this punditry for the mini out there. But I thought this week's Raw was not maybe not markedly better, but certainly more polished than last week. I thought it had a better flow to it. I, d- I did like a segment on tonight's Raw, so that was a, a positive. <laughs> hey, a segment? I could think of at least uh, 30 minutes. I like. I mean, the whole Drew McIntyre thing was about 30 minutes. I thought that stuff was really good. All so, right. Uh, okay, okay. I could think of maybe one other segment that I also enjoyed uh, to about that level. But uh, before we dive into it here tonight, guys, uh, thank you all for tuning in. Of course, Go to WrestlingInc.com every day of the week. Next weekend is going to be a big weekend, Ring of Honor, Final Battle, uh, TLC, of course. Um, but this week right now, we are we are in kind of limbo here. We've got nothing going into the weekend. This was a chance for WWE to play around with all the colors on the palette and paint this beautiful photo for us tonight. And They were uh, in my backyard of Houston, Texas at the Toyota Center tonight. Um, and uh, I, I guess considering you're in Houston, uh, the passing of former... 41st president, uh, George H.W. Bush, George Herbert Walker Bush. Uh, for those that don't know, Bush Intercontinental Airport is in Houston. Uh, George Bush, uh, not- notable native Texan. Uh, big reaction here from the crowd uh, as they start off the show with the 10 bell salute here uh, for H.W., who uh, who passed away at the age of 94. So uh, very nice of them to start the, w- the show off like this. Um, and then we go to Michael Cole, who welcomed us to Raw. And to the ring for tonight's first match. Uh, he's joined tonight, of course, by Corey Graves and Renee Young. And right to the action here. Ronda Rousey and Natalia taking on Tamina Snuka and Nia Jax. Considering last week's show starting off with that plotting Baron Corbin stuff, I like that they got right to some action this week, if nothing else, Raj. They did, but the match never got started. And, no, uh, no, but there was action. It was action. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I I didn't think much of this opening segment. I didn't think it was bad. Um, you know, it, it was, I was curious where they were going, and basically it was just another tag match, but with Ember Moonstead and Natalia. But well, we got we got Ronda Rousey uh, coming out there to kick things off. Always nice to get Ronda's music out there and pumping. Uh, she seems to be recapturing some of the mojo. I think she was in danger of losing here a couple weeks ago. Uh, then came out Natalia. Uh, Nia Jax came out. Tamina came out. They're going to the ring. Bell bell rings, and all of a sudden, the Riot Squad. Ruby, Ruby Riot, Liv Morgan, Sarah, Mor- Sarah Logan, they come out. They've got a table. Everybody gets distracted. This allows Naya and Tamina to strike. 
Uh, they end up pulling uh, Rousey out of the ring. They double team her. They destroy her. They send her into the steel ring steps. Natalia, she tries to fight off the riot squad, but they tri triple team her on the outside. They set the table up on the floor. Uh, they bring Natalia in to slam her from the apron. Ronda slides into the ring, makes the save. Uh, Jack drops a le leg on Rousey. Uh, but long story short, Natalia, she's up on the uh, lip of the apron. She's trying to uh, get to her feet. The heels uh, grab her. They triple power bomb her shield style off the apron through the table. Uh, kind of a what kind of sick the way they did it, the way they snapped her. Uh, the heels back up the ramp, laughing as Rousey and the referees check on uh, check on Natalia. So yeah, not not a match, right? Because yeah. it never really got started here. But there there was some action here, and you know, again, Ronda Rousey's music hits sets the sets the tone. People get excited. I think. Yeah, I mean Rousey's. Rousey's, you know, when she's good, she's really good. And I thought her selling was good here. Um, I thought, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, there was nothing wrong with this segment. I thought uh, this was a, a fine opener for, for setting up later tonight. Um, yeah, you know, again, Rousey, I think, it, depending on the week, some some weeks she's just given awful material um, with her promos, and, and, and some weeks she's, you know, much better. So what I thought you, this was a good, a good week for her. What do you think about the report that, they are holding off on Natalia turning heel or scrapping it all together because they don't think that she's a sympathetic character in the in the wake of her dad's passing. Well, yeah, they they don't think that uh, people should boo her, I guess, because her dad passed. Um, I don't know. It, it seems like fans kind of quickly forget that kind of stuff in, in I, a weird way. I, I agree, man. You know, if you watch Total Divas, which I know many of you out there passionate total divas viewers i watched the season did you do you and your wife watch total divas raj we do not we, we watched like the first season or the second it was one of the early ones hmm. well i i would encourage getting back into it i always have a good time watching total divas but the season finale of total divas if you haven't watched it i would recommend it it's a tearjerker man i cried watching total divas as they were showing natalia going through what happened with her dad but I'm one of like 300,000 people to watch this, right? There wasn't like a ton of people that, that caught this. I don't, I don't know if her getting laid out here, because we didn't see Natalia the rest of the show, right? She was like tended to after this, and, and that we was it. Uh, they showed her just in the backstage segment with Rhonda helping her out backstage, but that, that was it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Does she necessarily come back and embrace Ronda Rousey here, or is it like you let me get injured here by these people? I, I kind of feel like there, there's still a chance we do get to Natalia he'll turn here in the not so distant future. I think so. Cause who else is there? Um, Ruby riot versus Ronda Rousey just doesn't have that. Um, it just doesn't have that pull for me. I, I just don't, I'm not intrigued by that at all. So really after Naya, until they go with Charlotte, if, if, if that is the plan, Charlotte at the Royal rumble and then Becky at WrestleMania, uh, you still need someone on raw for her to feud with. So Natalia makes the most sense. She's a good worker. Uh, Ronda Rousey would learn a lot from her. I think her the matches would be really good. Um, I mean, Rousey has shown when she can when she gets the practice in, uh, she can have a great match. Uh, when she doesn't, like the the match with Mickey James a few weeks ago, then it's it's not so good. But um, I, I think it makes all the sense in the world to go in that direction. Yeah, great. I I would welcome it. You know, I I was kind of sad to hear that they weren't going to turn Natalia heel because it just kind of threw her back into limbo, back into the heap, and there's no direction there for that. I, I do think there's a strong step you can take here with Natalia in a feud with Ronda, and I hope that's what this comes back to. Anyway, we come back, 
And we have the new head of the red brand, Raw's women's division, Alexa Bliss. Uh, two women's segments back-to-back to start Monday Night Raw. That was my initial thing that I noticed here before we even got to any commentary. Uh, interesting choice here. I want, you know, I always kind of think that they're, you know, testing stuff here. I wonder if they're wondering how the women hold up in back-to-back segments rating-wise, if that's going to help them turn the tides a little bit here by, by putting more women's segments up top, you know? Uh, if that's the case, I mean, they should take it with a grain of salt because this segment was really bad. I thought yeah. this, this segment absolutely sucked. So, um, well, so and, and and it's pretty much identical to last week. So last week was so bad, and then they just instead of changing it all together or doing something different, they pretty much do the same thing this week. And it was oh, God, it was probably even worse this week. It was well. The upside to this was so yeah, they do the open forum thing again. She brings back out Sasha and Bailey. Um, they they take a couple questions. Uh, you know, there's a couple a little bit of jaw jacking back and forth before Dana Brooke, Mickey James, Alicia Fox hit the ring. Uh, Alexa turns this into a tag match. Oh, I should say before we get to that, um, there was a female fan, quote unquote, uh, crowd member who asked them who they would like to face at WrestleMania. And they both said Trish Stratus and Lita. So I would guess that that's a seed planted for a potential Mania match, right? Yeah, and they also mentioned... Um that they want women's tag team titles. And I think that's the first time that women's tag team titles has been referenced on raw. So I wouldn't think that they would bring that up without them thinking about, you know, actually doing it. So uh, mm-hmm. that's a, that's a good sign for the women's tag belts. And, and it, me, Matt and Glenn talked about it like a couple months ago, how that would be a big time WrestleMania match. You women's tag team titles. You have uh, Sasha and Bailey against Trish and Lita and, it almost felt like they were kind of setting that up here. And, and who would you have go over there? Alexa, or not Alexa, Sasha and Bailey? Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, you know, Trish and Lita aren't going to do a, a you know, full-time schedule or anything. So, um, yeah, definitely. I mean, you could do a short-term uh, Trish and Lita win, but I feel like if it's the first ever belts, you should have your younger talent win it. I, I agree. I, I mean, I can, see the, I can see the creative room right now where it's like, well, Trish and Lita, that's the big... WrestleMania pop, and then uh, Sasha and Bailey could pick up the win at Backlash, right? The next month after, you can always say the first tag champions ever were Trish and Lita. It adds kind of that aura a bit to the titles as well to have those Hall of Famers holding them at one point. Um, I don't know, food for thought, and I don't know, could go either way for me. Wouldn't be upset. Yeah, I mean, I, you could also have it where Sasha and Bailey win it first, so they're the first, and then they keep feuding with Trish and Lita for the next pay per view. Uh, before finally winning it back, you know, so you do a little a switch back and forth. So I, I think I think it would be a, a big way to get those belts over. Sasha and Bailey have just been doing absolutely nothing. So and they're so they're so talented. I, I always talk about how Sasha really, in my opinion, should be in a much higher position than she is. Um, I, I, you know, they, they've been turning too many people lately. So I wouldn't I, I wouldn't say turn Sasha now, but I think she could have been she could be a great heel and a, a great foil to Ronda Rousey. Uh, we we shall see. I suppose. Um, I I'm not a I, I'm a big fan of all these these women here. I, if you're gonna go the tag division route, I'm I'm totally fine with Sasha and Bailey being power players in that division. Uh, I, you know, this could have just been so much more, right? With these two, you think about how mishandled. Ugh, yeah. Been, you know, you, they 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 feigned that breakup where it was like for a week. You thought Bailey may find a spine, 
and then the then they're in Dr. Shelby's office, and then they just got randomly thrown back together. So this is great. I'm a fan. How we got to this point, the reason it doesn't have the oomph I think I'm looking for, it's just because it these two have just been ambiguously roaming here for months. Till yeah. we I think it's clear that they've never had a real plan with them. They've just kind of been booking, you know, the, the day of. They're like, wait, what do we do with them today? And then, yeah. you know, boom. And, and 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 that's what you've seen. It's just been a mess of a storyline. But if it, if it leads to them uh, winning the women's tag titles, I'm all for it. So, uh, like I said, yeah, we get the uh, Mickey James, Alicia Fox, Dana Brooke. They hit the ring. Um, Bliss says that Dana can stay out of here if she wants. But tonight it's going to be Sasha and Bailey taking on Alicia and Mickey. And that that goes right now. So, you know, we say you, you know, we we say that this segment wasn't as good as the week before, but they had some newsworthy things, right? We're talking about the women's tag titles, we're talking about this WrestleMania match, and it resulted in an actual match being being put together and happening on the show. So for my money, this was actually a better open forum than last week's open forum, which did went nowhere and accomplished nothing. Didn't last week lead to a match too? Did it? I don't think it did it, did it? Uh, I thought so. I Did could be, I, or was it just maybe it was just a beatdown? Um, I don't remember a match after the. I could be wrong. I could be wrong too. I, I try to put last week's raw out of my, you know, erase it from my memory. Like eternal spot, you know, sunshine on the spotless mind. I was kind of kind of doing that, but. And I'll be your Elijah Wood, and okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump up and down on your bed, right? <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that. Well, I saw that movie. I I knew I was breaking up with the girl when I took her to the movie, and then we broke up like a week later, and I never forgot that movie because I lost a love that day. Oh, yeah, wasn't mm-hmm. expecting to go there. Well, you know, we're we're going places. Tonight. I got to I got to be emotional. I have to be vulnerable to provide good entertainment for everybody. There you go. Uh, but yeah, Sasha and Bailey picked up the win here. Um. Like they've done this finisher, I think, a couple times, right? The backstabber into the Bailey to belly suplex. Yeah, I, th- I think so. Yeah, yeah, it's a great finisher. I like cool these finish. two. Good finish, good package here. After the match, we see Alexa Bliss sarcastically kind of uh, applauding as Bailey's music hits. Still to come, Dean Ambrose, the lunatic, will be here. Uh, we go back, we see Baron Corbin, Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre uh, destroying Elias from last week. Corbin has declared tonight's show is going to uh, include Drew McIntyre Appreciation Night. Also to come, we're going to take a look at Baron Corbin's rise to power. We come back from the break. We see Joe Dirt. I'm sorry, country singer Morgan Wallen at ringside. Do you you like this guy? I don't know who he is. (laughs) I thought he was Joe Dirt or I thought he was 1994 Sean Waltman. Could have been either of me. Yeah, I had no idea. I thought it was Bart Gunn when he was doing oh. the smoking guns thing. Bart Gunn. I was like, <laughs> how many how many things can I think of that this guy looks like to me? Bart Gunn. That didn't pop into my mind. But you're right. Uh, and uh, apparently this Morgan Wallen fellow is going to be a tribute to the troops this year. So there you go. Uh, Ronda Rousey catches up with Alexa Bliss backstage and yells at her for how she's managing the women's division. And Alexa promises to address Nia Jax and her actions from earlier tonight. Rousey says that's fine, but she's going to get Jax and Tamina Snuka tonight. And Bliss acts concerned and says she can't let Rousey do that, but she will find Rousey a new tag partner now that Natalia is injured and Rousey doesn't trust Bliss and says she has no conscience and, and walks off there. So, um, you know, more, more building into this, establishing Alexa Bliss as an authority figure still feels a little weird. 
but whatever. But Alexa Bliss is really good in this role. I mean, she's just so comfortable behind the mic, just so comfortable uh, with doing these scripted lines. I mean, she's she's really good. I, I just, you know, we'll see where it goes. Hopefully it leads to something bigger or maybe it's just a temporary thing until Alexa is cleared. And, uh, so yeah. we'll see. Um, do we have any update on that? On like, because she ha- it was because of multiple concussion issues that she isn't performing right now. Well, right? She's training at the performance center, so uh, if she's cleared to train, I would think that that means she's getting close to being able to come back. So maybe this thing just dies out by TLC or at the end of this month. Um, I don't know. What we saw the recap here, the video package, looking at general manager elect Baron Corbin again. I don't really know who elected this guy. You have to win an. Ele- you have to win an election to be an elect, right? You don't get to be the, the president-elect. You need to become president anyway, unless you've won an election. Uh, yeah, it's an odd, odd term. Yeah, well, there's a lot of weird, odd terms that just seem to get forced into these shows these days. Um, general Manager-elect Baron Corbin and his rise to power on the red band brand is recapped here. Uh, you know, this is... They seem to be telegraphing that this guy's going to have some dramatic fall from grace. And I don't think we're going to get it, Raj. I think you have to. I mean, Strowman, I mean, the plan is for him to face Lesnar at, at Rumble. And, uh, and, and you know, that which fits into the storyline. They're not going to have Corbin beat Strowman. Um, which, you know, Strowman was supposed to be at Raw tonight. That was a, a report online last week. Um, so that was... A, yeah, he he wasn't there at least not on the televised part. We're gonna I'll find out about the dark segment later, um, but yeah, it. Uh, I, I think you have to have Strowman beat Corbin. I think the swerve here is that Corbin wins. I mean, it's a TLC match. He doesn't have to pin him. He doesn't have to make him submit. He has to climb a ladder and grab a contract or something. Yeah, I don't see that. I, I don't. Th- I don't think they're they're gonna have Strowman lose and then go to to face Lesnar. I don't know, man. I the, the thing always in these type of situations, I feel like there's a lot of you know, you're so certain of an outcome or something like that. And part of me thinks they want to double down on this guy and try to get him more heat by having him actually reassert himself as the GM of Raw. I don't see it. Um, we go, uh, Corbett, we go backstage, Corbin's there, uh, with Bobby Roode and Chad Gable. And uh, Rude is furious about Drake Maverick urinating on his robe last week. Finally, a fire I can believe in. I would also be pissed off if somebody pissed on my clothes. Uh, Gable and Rude will do anything to get a rematch from the Raw Tag Team Champions, the Authors of Pain. Corbin understands Rude is ticked off over what happened. He says that he's going to get another shot. And if Rude can beat Drake tonight in a match where AOP is banned from ringside and Chad Gable is banned from ringside, uh, they'll get to be number one contenders for the the Raw Tag Team Championships. So, you know, they're no, understandably suspicious here of Baron Corbin. Why would he do this seemingly nice thing setting up this bout? So, Yeah, but gosh, they come across so, you know, obviously with how Bobby Roode's been positioned over the last, basically since he's been on Raw, uh, just sucks seeing him in this role. He's just so relegated to the mid-card, and uh, I just feel like he just could be so much more. So, yeah, um, yeah. The, I think this feud sucks. The pee, the pee humor sucks. Um, it, it just, it's embarrassing. Yeah, man. I just, again, I always think back. It's like, you know, you go down to NXT and Hunter walks into the back and he's like, hey, Paul Ellery, we're going to have you piss yourself tonight. It's going <laughs> to really help you get the AOP over, right? 
<laughs> Imagine how yeah. that conversation goes down. Right. Um, uh, Scott Dawson uh, versus Lucha House Party. Uh, Lucha House Party rules as JoJo continues to troll the revival here by allowing these men to do whatever they want. Um, also, by the way, on the re- on the way to the ring, Lucha House Party now has like eight different things they give out to people. Did you notice this as well? Yeah, they were. Uh, it was they were actually inspired by Ray Mysterio, Kalisto. Uh, Ray, I guess, advised him to like make some noise or something like that. So he took it very literally, and he's you know they got the noisemakers and they're throwing stuff out. So, um, again, it, it, it's it's kind of a repeat of last week. I mean, this the match was fun, but it was nothing, and it makes no sense. The Lucha House Party rules makes absolutely no sense. You got three baby faces beating on two heels. Uh, and they're trying to explain how it's fair and, you know, how it's the new thing. And it's it just, again, I just, I'm not a fan. It kind of seems like, you know, I don't know, a little too hokey um, to, to the point where, yeah, since this is three guys that are uh, going out there and being so over the top that I could see a heel turn where these guys become like a nefarious trio. But at the same time, they seem to have put some general like time into crafting this Lucha house party gimmick shirts, all the stuff they come to the ring with. I don't, I, I get the idea. They are, they actually want these guys to be cheered and accepted as baby faces, which is just insane to me for all of the reasons you just pointed out. Yeah. Um, it just sucks seeing where the revival are at. And, and, and did you see uh dash's tweet? Well, the one about the bucks or the one about how we want another handicap match. Yeah. The one about the bucks. He wrote, uh, oh. One day we'll wrestle the Young Bucks and everyone will rejoice. Remember this tweet. And, well, uh, Nick Jackson or Nick or Matt, one of them, they tweeted the same thing, but either at the same time or right before about the revival. Yeah, yeah. So Matt Jackson tweeted, I think it was the same exact thing. Yeah. Yeah. One day we'll wrestle the revival and everyone will rejoice. Remember this tweet. So I think it was short, like right after uh, Dash's tweet. Or I, I'm not sure whose came first, but hmm. yeah, interesting. Yeah. You know, people, you know, F the revival. That's what the, the young bucks say. I, it would be fun to see it play out. I, you know, it's just all, it's all just tweets. Who cares? Yeah. Everyone's just tweeting. Um, so yeah, Lucha House Party, they win this. Uh, they put po- the Lucha House Party poses or revival retreats. Um, we go backstage. More Baron Corbin, right? He's in his office. Corbin has been looking for something all night and he finally has it. He has it in this box. He loves it. He tells the staffer to get ready for, for Drew McIntyre appreciation night. Oh, is he excited? Uh, the only thing we noticed when we were watching it is that when the staffer gave him the box, he opened it a little bit, and you could tell there was nothing in the box. Whatever was put in there was put in there later. Just a little thing. Um, whoever's your prop master. Uh, back from the break, Michael Cole touts Titus O'Neil being honored on the Ebony Power 100 list this past week. Good for him. But they need to do more with this man. Yeah. Um, it's a three-hour show. There's no reason why they can't. There's no reason why... So many of these feuds that don't mean anything need to have two, two or three segments. You know, they could just do one and and have more people on the show and and have more tag team feuds than just just the one that revolves around the title and and you know kind of flesh out the 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 roster a little more and, and have more more bodies on the show and and try to give them better bigger roles. Well, Titus is one of those guys that I think that if you're not going to use him actively on Raw or SmackDown because he's limited, you know, for whatever reason. He's one of those guys that I would take a chance and let him have a network show. There's not enough guys that just kind of sit around that uh, they could be doing more with uh, a three camera crew and some lights uh, to creating some engaging content outside of the ring. I, I would be interested to see what 
Titus would do if given his own platform on the network or something like that. Okay. Uh, so we go back to the ring. General manager elect Baron Corbin is out with a microphone. The announcers hype Corbin versus the injured Strowman at TLC. Corbin talks about winning at TLC uh, in a few weeks to become the new permanent raw general manager. And he brags on his journey to the top. And he says that lately things have been easier for him due to this one person. And he has named tonight Drew McIntyre Appreciation Night in honor of this person, which leads to a video package of Drew McIntyre highlights. He introduces McIntyre, and out he comes as the announcers hype McIntyre versus Balor at TLC. Corbin has a small box with a gift for Drew. He thanks Drew for all his hard work, his unwavering support. He says Drew has proven he's on the right side of history. If I never hear that phrase on Raw again, it will be too soon. Corbin says this night cannot conclude without something to commemorate all Drew has done. Corbin opens the box and presents Drew with a gold medal because Corbin says Raw needs a new gold medalist now that he's rid us of WWE Hall of Famer Kurt Angle. And he says this is the new Raw gold medal, gold medal of excellence. Nice little shot here at Kurt Angle. Get some heat on Drew. Uh, Drew thanks Corbin says this does mean the world to him, but he he was just doing what no one else was strong enough to do. He says he came to Raw to stomp out weakness, and they were complacent. He came back to Raw months ago, and people were just playing video games in the back with no desire to accomplish anything, spending more time on social media, and Drew says he then decided to reform Raw in his image, the home of the strong and the mighty with the desire to give 100% for seven days a week. This reads by the way like a 70 year old man wrote it anyway i'm gonna get back to it uh drew says apparently he's doing a good job pointing to the medal he addresses balor next saying he's nothing but a boy in a man's world and drew goes on about how he will break balor at tlc but the music interrupts now comes Dolph. all right before we get to Dolph here yeah um drew's great drew's looks the part he's very articulate great intensity but even just reading this back sounds like a 72 year old man telling people to get or telling children to get off his lawn to me. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't sound natural to me. It doesn't sound like how people are in their thirties talk right now to each other when they get upset. This sounds like a 72 year old man writing a bad guy. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like that with most of the scripting on this show. Um, most of it comes across as very unnatural. I, you know, especially we're talking about the stuff with Sasha and Bailey, that stuff really stuck out like a sore thumb, but um, I thought Drew delivered it well. I thought, uh, again, he's believable. Um, And so, yeah, I thought I was, I was curious where this was going. I I, I liked the, the, the stuff with Drew tonight. They got to stop with the right side of history stuff, man. I like, if you want to get ridiculously drunk, take a shot. Every time they say the right side of history, you won't make it through the show. You'll probably die would be my guess. Um, anyway, <laughs> Diggler says he and Drew dominated Raw together, so his invitation to this little party must have got lost in the mail. Drew says the truth is Dolph was never invited. Drew says Dolph just doesn't meet the height requirement for one. Fans boo. Drew asks if this is starting to hurt Ziggler's feelings. Are you going to cry, Drew? Drew says he was always the brains, the power, and the talent of their team as he's the whole damn package. Drew goes on and says Ziggler's role was to get Drew into a permanent position and look at him now. He says Ziggler succeeded for once in his life and Drew thanks Ziggler on behalf of Corbin and himself. 
Drew motions to Ziggler to leave the ring, and Drew goes on taunting Ziggler. Drew says Ziggler should be kissing his feet because he's the reason Ziggler became relevant for the first time in 10 years. He goes And Ziggler goes to leave, but he turns and unloads on Drew with strikes. Dolph drops Drew with a zigzag. Ziggler exits the ring. As music hits, Drew looks on from the mat. Corbin says Ziggler isn't going to come out and ruin Drew McIntyre appreciation night. Corbin says Ziggler's got a fight if he wants it right now. And a referee runs down as Ziggler looks on. We come back, and it's Drew McIntyre versus Dolph Ziggler here. I I thought this was a great back and forth between him and Dolph, and they got right to a match. I don't, I, I hate to say they played this too fast because it worked too well, but, man, you could have strung this out a little bit longer, I thought. Uh, that's exactly what I thought. I thought these guys have been together for, what, like the last – since April, so what is that, like eight months ago? Yeah. Or whatever it is. Um, And to – within 15 minutes, you not only do the split and you have them in a match. I, you know, I, I thought it was, I thought it was entertaining. I, I thought it was the best stuff on the show, but you know, this is where the storytelling is, is lacking on the show. Why not have this story play out for several weeks before you get to their first match? Now, the way they did it is the way they do so many feuds where they have the first match, you know, Dolph won this one. So that means Drew is going to win the, you know, the next one. And they start the feud off with the match as opposed to, building a story and getting to that match. And and that's the way I would have preferred it. Why why throw everything right away, build to this, because people are familiar with, you know, their relationship over the last, you know, since April that they've been together. So. Well, we didn't we didn't get a clean finish here because Finn Balor did come out. Um, he right, did- right. So this was the start yeah. of their feud, but it started with a match. You know what I mean? No, no, I, I, I 100% agree with you because you could have you could have had Dolph lay out Drew here or attack him, do the pull apart, and then advertise for Raw next week. Either these guys are going to confront each other, you're going to have the match, but I'm intrigued to see these two forces share space. I would I would look forward to that is a hook for next week. Um, I don't know where the hook is after this, but we'll get to that here in a second. Because Finn, yeah, took, took advantage on the outside, dropkick Drew, helped lead Ziggler to get the super kick, and he, and he pinned Drew McIntyre for the win here. Finn Balor, Bugs Bunny, 7.0, gets uh, the wool pulled over, uh, the the eyes of his foe. Dolph Ziggler gets a win. I tweeted out after this. I, I know that, you know, it seems a little odd, I think, for Drew to lose this. But, again, he didn't lose clean. He's bigger than these guys. And I think it's going to mean more when he gets a win over either Dolph or Finn down the road. Well, I'm sure everyone's expecting Drew to, to beat them both. I, I just feel... I just felt like Drew up until this point had not been pinned or submitted on Raw, uh, you know, since he came back, you know, in his post 3MB reincarnation. So to have the first one, I just felt like it, it would have been better if it meant something. Now, but that being said, that doesn't mean that he couldn't have lost. I mean, they had an out. Uh, they had Finn attack Drew outside of the ring when the referee wasn't looking, and Drew almost got counted out. Why not just have him lose by a count out? You still get Dolph, Dolph your win. You don't have Drew suffer that big loss yet to Dolph. You know, save that for someone else, and you still get the feud going the same way. There's got to be they've, they've got to have something in mind for Balor. That's the only thing I can think of here because it didn't make any sense for Drew or Dolph to be doing this. But this external factor of Finn Balor becoming all of a sudden—I don't want to say the Stone Cold Steve Austin versus the Authority because he doesn't feel like that—but he is more like a Bugs Bunny character. Uh, Maybe even a little John Cena-esque, I don't know, fun anti-authority type. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I think this is more about Balor than the other two. 
Um, I don't know. I, I actually can see them adding Dolph Ziggler to that match with Finn and, and uh, Drew at TLC and making it a triple threat. Yeah, I um, agree. I agree. Especially since we don't have another pay-per-view after TLC until the Royal Rumble. So what's that, six six weeks after? So I don't see them going with Drew and Dolph through until the end of January. I mean, they might at the house shows, but uh, I see them doing that match you know, way before, way before the rumble. Yeah. The, the insertion of Balor into here, um, just an interesting, I, I don't know if it's like they needed a third guy to make whatever they had planned for Drew and Dolph work, or if they saw these two guys as a good backdrop for whatever they have planned for Finn, because Finn did come back here later in the night. So that's why I was wondering, what are they, what are they thinking here when it, when it comes to Finn Balor? You know? Well, remember they, there was that talk of them making the TLC. If Braun is not, ready to go. There was talk of making it Braun, Finn, and and Elias against what was it Lashley, Corbin, and um and uh, Drew. Definitely, yeah. So I mean it could be that they're still keeping that trying to keep that option open just in case. Yeah. Uh it very well could be. Uh well after the match, Ballard laughed. Ziggler crawled up the ramp. Uh Drew looked on from the ring, very unhappy. Still to come, Rhonda and a partner versus Alicia Fox and Mickey James. We come back from the gr- we come back from the break. Charlie Caruso approaches Drew McIntyre backstage. Drew says Dolph Ziggler was never his friend, but he's definitely an enemy now. Drew is seething, terrifying. Uh, Drew says Ziggler knows just how sick and twisted he can be. Drew goes on and says he's a mountain and he will come crashing down on Ziggler soon. As far as Finn Balor goes, he's a marked man. And Drew storms off. Ah, love the intensity. Angry Drew. Yeah, good stuff. He's, he's believable. Yeah, much better than laid back, cool Drew. Right. Um, we go to the ring. Elias is out there. He's got a spotlight in his guitar. He mentions how Bobby Lashley is going to find out that WWE stands for Walk with Elias at TLC. Elias goes on and begins performing his latest song, but Leo Rush quickly interrupts on the microphone. Rush is on the stage with Lashley. He says Elias just uh, felt just how strong Lashley is last week, but he's going to feel it again and again at TLC. And Rush says Lashley has a magnificent body, like a freak god. Rush, Rush has Lashley pose for him, and he shows a, shows him off on the stage. And Elias, he's seen enough. He he heads up the ramp with his guitar after after Lashley does the butt butt pose for him, the gluteus butt pose. Oh. Did you see MVP and Conan re- replying to our tweet about that? No. What did they have to say? They're just like shaking their head in disbelief that the, the, this is what they have Lashley doing. And uh, and you've you talked to Conan, and that's that article is actually coming up this week on the site. Right. Uh, or Conan just just totally ripping how WWE is using Lashley right now. Oh my God! Literally has the man bent over, patting his butt on national television. God. A guy that looks like that, who can talk, who's a legit badass, who has a legit, very good MMA record, and that's what they have him doing. Anyway, uh, Elias comes walk. Uh, uh, Elias takes his guitar. He, he, he chases up the ramp. Uh, he chases Rush, and uh, where I lost my way here. Okay, uh, he heads up the ramp with the guitar. He decks Elias. Uh, Lashley decks Elias at the top of the ramp. He beats on him. Elias counters, shoots Lashley into the LED screens. He goes to hit Lashley with the guitar, but he turns and chases Rush away instead. Uh, Elias turns around, but Lashley retreats to the back. Elias comes walking back out. Balor appears on the side of the stage. Bugs Bunny there. 
throws that uh, throws Rush back up to the top of the ramp. Elias takes the guitar, lays out Leo Rush. Fun, fun. I enjoy. It. I mean, it's you know, it's fun. It's dumb. The stuff with his butt was dumb. They don't need to be doing that. But I thought all these guys, you know, they had an enjoyable five minutes here. Yeah, it was it was fine for what it was. Um, I don't know Lashley and Elias. It just I'm just I'm just waiting for them to get it over with. It's just another. It just doesn't excite me. It's it's too goofy. I mean, it, it's you know, what what are the emotional stakes here? Charlotte and Becky is like a blood feud. That's why it works so well. What are what this man showed you his butt, and you're upset because you're a guitar player, right? Yeah, that was what what drove him to to run to the the top of the aisle. Like a Mad Lib. Yeah, I just uh, it's just not doing it. And I think they they should be doing so much more. You know, for as much crap as people give Impact, I thought they booked Lashley a lot better. Bobby Roode, you know, a ton of these guys that I thought were booked way better in Impact. Uh, we go, uh, we see Baron Corbin backstage with Jinder and the Singh brothers. Jinder tells uh, Baron not to let that stress him out and to ignore the rumors uh, of Braun Strowman showing up tonight. Uh, acknowledging the rumors that Braun is there. Jinder offers to take care of Balor tonight. Corbin says that Strowman's the, that the Strowman rumors are just that, and they joke about him being a one-armed man. Corbin says Jinder can take out Balor for him tonight. Jinder leaves. Corbin brings Heath Slater and Rhino in next. He understands that they are friends and that they were the first ever SmackDown Tag Team Champions. They were, but he's preparing for his role as the permanent GM, and he's been crunching the numbers because, as Corey Graves pointed out, Baron Corbin is a fiscal conservative. Corbin says he has come to the conclusion that there is only room enough for one raw. There's only room enough on raw for one of them. He says he's going to be fair and let one of them quit to save the other's job. They both say, I can't quit. I've, I've got kids. Rhino's like, I got a, I got a boat dock. I got a boat shipping area. Um, he says he'll be fair. And uh, so Slater, so Corbin asks who it'll be. Slater says he can't. Rhino says he can't. So Corbin says tonight we're going to have Slater versus Rhino. Winner stays on raw. Loser gets fired. End of it. Um, we uh, we then go to Bobby Roode versus Drake Maverick. Um, the, the twist here, of course, was that AOP and Chad Gable were banned from ringside. So, as court, of course, as soon as the match gets started, we throw to the back. We see AOP laying out Chad Gable. Uh, Barrett Corbin, drunk on his own power, says, of course, now it's a three-on-two handicap match. Lucha House Party rules. AOP, get out there. Uh, AOP comes out to join uh, Drake Maverick, even the odds here with uh, Bobby Roode. Uh, Chad Gable does come in uh, to try to even the odds here after being beat down. Doesn't last too long. Super Collider from AOP onto Gable and uh, Roode. Uh, Drake tags in. He covers Roode. One, two, three for the pinfall. Drake Maverick authors a pain beat uh, Bobby Roode and Chad Gable. And that has to be the end of the road, I would think, for Chad Gable and Bobby Roode. They lost. I can see just with their lack of options. I'm betting you that they're going to keep going with this. I would agree. <laughs> even, with though, that. even though Rude was killed, <laughs> it was, it was, uh, you know, it was, it was three on one. So, uh, it, they had Rude get pinned by Drake Maverick, but uh, I'm guessing this is going to keep going. Man, would have just been great if they would have overcome the odds to somehow pin Drake Maverick, right? It seems yeah. so obvious. You know, it seems so obvious, right? You get the comeuppance for pissing on his robe. Right. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm curious if they add this to the TLC pre-show or something like that. AOP versus Gable and Rude. I, I mean, I still hope that this ends with Rude 
beating the crap out of Gable and turning on Gable. But they have been doing so many heel and face turns lately that I don't know. It's it's, it's they become less and less effective the more they that you're doing them. I mean, they yeah. just turned Dolph Ziggler face, you know, tonight. You know, you brought up Impact just a moment ago. Uh, completely for no reason at all. I would like to point out that Rockstar Spud just pinned Bobby Roode on uh, Raw in t- in 2018. That's pretty wild, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very weird. Um, all right. After the match, Drake posed with Akam and Razor as the music plays. Uh, we then see how Dean Ambrose returned two weeks ago to fight with Seth Rollins, uh, taking control with a low blow. Uh, we also see a clip from Ambrose's segment last week where he got inoculated uh, against the fans, I guess. Uh, Ambrose is going to be here tonight. Uh, we come from back from the uh, break. We find out that John Cena is going to be receiving the Sports Illustrated Muhammad Ali Legacy Award, which makes a lot of sense. Muhammad Ali known for saying, fly like a butterfly, sting like a bee. I wave my hand in my front of my face. You can't see me. Right? Isn't that what he said? Isn't that what Muhammad Ali said? Yeah, yeah float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. Yeah, that is Ali. But, you know, kudos to Cena. He does so much charity work. He does so much of it quietly, you know, without the cameras and stuff like that. Uh, you know, visiting the Make-A-Wish kids. So it's, it's well-deserved. So uh, good for him. He seems to be having like the like the most epic midlife crisis right now, doesn't he? Um, How is that? He dyed his hair. He's let it grow out a little bit. Well, that's for a movie. I, I don't know if he's going to keep it, but... I don't, mm, I don't know. Mm. <laughs> I just love, I love John Cena, man of the world in China, learning Mandarin, racing fast cars. Um, getting Ellen, he was on Ellen this morning teaching her how to speak Mandarin. True. Uh, getting to do all the stuff he didn't get to do while he was on the road constantly as a WWE performer. So yeah, now he's back. He's going to be back in a few weeks. So back, back to the grind. Uh, we go. Um, we go to the ring and out come several men. Oh, this okay. This was weird. A siren just starts blaring. I thought Perry Saturn was going to debut. Scott Steiner. Oh, Scott Steiner. Well, Saturn had the, the sirens as well, did he not? Yeah, yeah, I think they both did. WCW. Love them sirens. Uh, but, uh, yes, yeah, sirens going off. Very creepy. Kind of had a sanity, sanity vibe to it. Out come these guys in gas masks. It felt like if you are an American Horror Story Apocalypse fan, had a had an apocalyptic feel to it. It was a little unsettling. Um, and out comes... Oh, oh, real quick before uh, before we get too far, um, with did we get to Rhino and Heath Slater yet? Has that match happened? No, that's later. Okay, sorry. No, no, we they the match was established. It was set up, yeah, set up. But yeah, uh, Ambrose though comes out dressed like looking like Bane, right? Uh, he's got the gas mask on, like the the same brown jacket that Bane wears. Ridiculous. Could not have been unintentional. Um, and, uh, yeah, he comes to the ring. This was the coolest thing I'd seen on Raw in a long time. I mean, I know the whole show we say was like, you know, a little, you know, C plus C B minus, whatever. I like I, this. I was on edge. I was feeling things. I didn't know what was going on. I dug this. <laughs> I, th- I thought it was cool too. I like the entrance. I like that. Ambrose is trying new things. Now, I don't know how much of this is the writers and how much of this is stuff he's coming up with. Um, but he's trying new things and I liked it. Um, I think once he, I think once he starts getting a little too comedic, you know, like getting the the shots in his butt, it, it takes a little bit out of it. It makes the feud seem less serious. Um, but I, I I think Dean Ambrose has a ton of potential to be a top heel. I think he's he, he's interesting when he's talking. Um, you, you're paying attention to him, and I I, th- I thought this opening was really cool. You know, when he got to the ring, but uh, I was kind of hoping it was a little darker than uh, 
than him just talking about how this the city is you know how he's wearing all this because of Rollins and the city is sick. I kind of like the germaphobic approach to it. It's like a non-traditional wrestling character, which is great. Um, but I also really like the idea that he, when it comes to making his points, Dean Ambrose uh, feels the need to go over the top to really illustrate how he feels. And there is something kind of cool to that I know you say it's kind of comedic-y or jokey, but the inoculation thing, as stupid as it was, was still Dean Ambrose going to an extreme length to kind of quasi-prove a point. So in a way, it wasn't just like it wasn't like the pot. It wasn't like Mitch the potted plant, right? It was a, a kind of over the top thing to to that had an edge as to just be goofy for goofy's sake. It's not a feaster fight match or whatever they do on SmackDown, you know. It just comes across as a little mid cardy to me. Um, you know, you wouldn't see Triple H when he's the top heel getting shots in his ass. Um, what are you talking about, buddy? Did you watch the Attitude Era? That was that I was did. that was I his best run on top. Triple H getting anything. <laughs> button dick stuff was really how he made his name raj i don't know not, if not when he was the top heel well no but on his way to the top there yeah, was when he was a mid card when he was mid card and rising up he did stuff like that yeah well when he was a top heel did he do any i don't know i'd have to go yeah, back no, no. a lot of weird stuff yeah, no, he wasn't doing stuff like that well again if it works it works i i i, I know you say it was a little jokey for me you know again this is a man who's lost his mind you know, there's a certain context, I think, built around it that for me protects it a little bit more than just some random goofy shtick. Yeah, I just think there's just there's something missing with this feud. It should be a little more than what it is. I feel like this should be the top feud on Raw right now. And it just feels kind of like an afterthought in a way. Um, you know, they never gave a good reason why Ambrose kind of turned on the shield. I, I don't think they've really tried to give any reason yet. And it's kind of passed. So even if they do give one now, it's it's you know the 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 die has been cast um i just feel like this feud did it just is missing something he he did give a reason that he turned on he thought that god thought that they were ungod he thought that they were like horrible people and god had cursed the shield for the sins they had committed raj (laughs) there you go go. that was uh that was the logic Uh, (laughs) There, there you go uh ambrose apologizes for the drastic measures he's taken tonight with the gas mask by the way, starting the promo wearing the gas mask, wish you'd have worn it the whole way through. Um, but you can't be too safe in a dangerous slum like Houston. And in parts of Houston, that hit home because I'm from Houston. So, you know, watch yourself. Dean is protecting himself from the people and their diseases and from the madman, Seth Rollins. Ambrose takes his mask off. He says the last time he was in the ring, he was viciously attacked by Rollins, unprovoked. He goes on about Rollins and says he's proud to stand here as the moral compass of wwe he says he would like to take the intercontinental title by force at tlc but that'll be too easy he tells rollins to pay attention because he knows he's backstage watching he goes on about how rollins will lose control of himself at tlc he's going to lose control of the title he tells rollins not to worry because his prestigious title will fall into his hands the music interrupts out comes uh seth rollins rollins decks to the guards as others went up, uh, went to the ramp to wait for him. Ambrose retreats as Rollins hits the ramp. Rollins cleans house as the guards come after him. Rollins launches one guard on top of the other. He runs uh, the ropes for a suicide dive to Ambrose. Uh, Ambrose pushes a guard in the way. Rollins chases Ambrose through the crowd, beats him up. Uh, when he catches him, Ambrose fights back. They brawl. Rollins gets the upper hand and tosses Ambrose back over the barrier. Rollins leaps off the barrier, but Ambrose hits him in the face with a gas mask which turned out to be a more impressive weapon than I was expecting because I was like, oh, it's mostly rubber, but he took that metal 
face part of it. He was bashing with it. I kind of thought it, it was a good vicious shot, I thought. Um, uh, Ambrose unloads on Rollin while he's down. Fans chant, you suck. Fans are not in. I mean, fans are. This guy's getting more heat than anybody else in the show. Uh, Ambrose drops Rollins on the floor with dirty deeds as the booze continue. Ambrose orders some of the guards to throw Rollins back in the ring. Ambrose lifts Rollins, drops him in the middle of the ring with another dirty deeds. Fans chant one more time, but Ambrose leaves the ring as the sirens start back up. Rollins is laid out, and and Dean's going nuts. You know, for my money, Dean Ambrose is probably the hottest heel right now on Monday Night Raw, and I do think that the kind of cartoony over the toppedness of himself helps. I don't think it hurts at all. I think it's a benefit. Mm, I, I, I don't think he's the hottest. I think that would go to Drew. Um, and you know, again, I, I think, you know, I, I like the beat down. I thought the beat down was cool. And I, I, I think Dean could get there. I think he's got the, the personality, the charisma. He's interesting. Um, so he's got all the, all the tools. It'll be interesting to see where they go with this, with the match at, at, at TLC. Now, feel like they've hurt Rollins a little bit with this feud because, I mean, when you have fans chanting one more time when Ambrose is, you know, giving him the dirty deeds, that's not necessarily something you want for your top babyface, uh, which he he was on this show, right, outside of Ronda Rousey. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, I just think with Drew, I think there's still a fair amount of fans that want Drew to succeed, you know, and that's why I think, like, I, I don't know. For me, Drew's got a little bit different vibe right now, and he's vulnerable, too. I mean, he did lose tonight. There's a There's something about Dean right now. I just I think it, it it's walking that line. If it's cool for the older brother, but still resonates with the younger brother, and it's really hard to find that middle line. And I I think he's I think he's walking it right now. Yeah, we'll see we'll see where they go with it. I almost feel like I almost feel like Rollins is going to beat him at TLC, and I think that kind of hurts his momentum a little bit. I, I feel like you know Ambrose has kind of gotten the best of Rollins at every turn that they've kind of been together uh, whenever they've been in the same ring. So I think it's uh, with how the normal WWE booking goes, that means Rollins is getting his revenge at TLC. Um, That's right, dude. But again, like I, maybe we're maybe we're on like different wavelengths here with TLC, but TLC is where heels go over for me, baby. TLC is Corbin over. TLC is Ambrose over. And you keep that chase going for these babies to win at a bigger show. TLC, we, we will bet hair. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think more heels, more more heels over than babies at TLC. That's the place to get get your heat, and you, you get that you get that shine later. Well, now we're starting to build towards WrestleMania season, though. And if if you got Strowman against Lesnar at the Rumble, and you got Rollins supposedly going to be facing Lesnar at Mania, this is kind of the time where you you need to start you know getting them some steam now. That being said, I could see them having, you know, it makes sense to me to have Rollins drop the title to Ambrose, especially if he's going to be put in the world title picture. I'm just saying with how they've been booking him, you know, where he's getting punked out by Ambrose at every turn. That's why I see them having um, Rollins winning at TLC. Well, the big argument, the big complaint right now about Raw and WWE, got to build some top baby faces, right? I read that all the time, right? Educated, the uneducated fans. They say, you got to build some top baby faces. You can't build top baby faces unless you give them big hurdles to overcome and you need to create some heat. I th- I mean, I, I have my own personal opinions about why they're booking Baron Corbin this way and why it does not resonate with fans discussion for another day, but it, but they are building a situation where you have this unlikable, powerful force that somebody's got to take him down. And I don't know why you elevate him from temporary to general manager elect, unless you plan on actually making him general manager and not, and having somebody have to knock him off that pedestal once he's got even more, I don't think we're at five. I don't think we're at super shredder yet. I think we're just at shredder. Yeah, I don't see it. 
We'll see. Yeah. Um, back for us still to come, Rousey and mystery partner versus Nia and Tamina. Back from the break, and we see what just happened between Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose. Renee snaps at Graves when he presses her for information on what's happening with Ambrose. Good. What a weird thing. Ugh. Just <laughs> pretend they're not married. I've been doing this every week. Yeah, I'd rather they just pretend they're not married. It, yeah. It's, it's so awkward. It just it just comes across as it's weird, badly acted. They, they, they seem like they don't know what they're doing when they cut to those. So it, it's just weird. Yeah. Uh, we also see what happened to Ronda Rousey and Natalia earlier tonight. Charlie's backstage with Tamina and Nia Jax, revealing that Ember Moon is going to replace Natalia tonight and be Ronda Rousey's uh, tag team partner. Uh, the Nia and Tamina bully Charlie some, and Jax says she's going to rearrange Ember's face like she did to SmackDown Women's Champion Becky Lynch. She is the face breaker after all. Then they're going to isolate Rousey as Jax continues her path to get back what is hers, the Raw Women's title. This was the most fire I've maybe ever seen from Nia Jax. Uh, I was a little, I felt intimidated a little bit here by Nia. I kind of loved this. Yeah, <laughs> her delivery just doesn't work for me. I just, uh, it, it just felt like she was reading lines. Um, she just doesn't, it just doesn't come across as natural to me. Abrasive, very well, yeah, natural, but abrasive energy wise. Mm. She tried. I mean, she tried. She, you know, I think, uh, I think her promos almost in a lot of ways. Like, I think she's a, a good natural heel until she starts cutting a promo. I, I feel like her promos as a babyface come across as more genuine. She seems like it, in real life she'd be a very nice person. So I think a lot of her promos come across as a babyface more natural, whereas as a heel it seems a bit forced. Um, so. Yeah. She she should pull a lot. She should, you know, because if you watch Total Divas, which I know you don't, but Nia Jax, very prominent on Total Divas, she'd be like, Ronda Rousey, I'm going to make you come over to my house and build Ikea furniture on your weekend, on your day off. I'm going to sit you down on your day off and make you build Ikea furniture, which is a big storyline from the show, Raj. It doesn't make any sense to you, but she got heat on the show for it. Okay. Um. Anyway. Here comes the big match that everyone was buzzing about tonight. Loser gets fired match. Rhino versus Heath Slater. Really not a whole lot to, to write home about here. Uh, we go to the ring. Rhino drops Slater with a cheap shot and unloads on him to start the match. Rhino with more offense in the corner. Slater ends up moving the corner. Rhino runs into the post. Slater grabs him, hits a neck breaker for the pin, and he gets to keep his job. Uh, after the match, Slater's unhappy. Uh, he leaves. Rhino looks very disappointed. And I'll also throw in here that Heath goes backstage. He asks Baron Corbin what he can do for Rhino. Rhino's got a family. He wants to help him. Corbin's like, basically, forget about Rhino. Be happy that you still have a job. But by the way, you're no longer a wrestler. You have to wear your new uniform. You are a referee. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, no longer a competitor. And is it, yeah. so When they put their WWE slang in there, it always kind of throws throws the, you know, the how how the promo sound it, it, it doesn't sound natural but that being said um so rhino retired uh when they went to a commercial off the air to the crowd he said that he was retiring so yeah so that was legit he's i guess he's done and um yeah with Heath slater um who knows i, I wonder if this is leading to you do you remember in the i think it's late 80s early 90s where greg valentine retired ronnie garvin and Garvin had to become a referee. It was in WWF and they kept messing around in Valentine's matches. So finally Valentine asked for him to be reinstated and they had a feud. Do you remember that? I don't. Um, 
but you know, there's like a decade of difference between us here, Raj. So I don't want to be like, I was just not into wrestling at that point, you know? I was, you All right. Well, so yeah, they did uh, an angle like that. I, I, I wonder if it's almost going to be something like that where Heath is doing stuff that Baron Corbin doesn't like, and it results in Baron Corbin eventually, you know, uh, well, taking him out of the referee and, and leads to a feud with him. I don't know. Good, good friend, friend of, friend of the show, friend of the site, um, and former WWE referee Jimmy Corderas weighed in on this on Twitter, and I thought made an interesting observation. Wouldn't it be, uh, wouldn't it be quite a thing if Heath Slater were assigned to be the official referee for Baron Corbin's match at TLC? Oh yeah, yeah, you could do that. If for Stephanie sure. McMahon was like, I think that's great, Baron. Great job appointing this new referee. And you know what? I'm going to let him be the ref of your match at TLC. Right? Eh, that seemed, I mean, that's a pretty that's smart man, Jimmy Corderas, writing that out. I could definitely see that see that playing out. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, who knows if they even have a real plan? It could be that Rhino said that he's going to retire and that they just came up with this idea earlier today. Um, so we'll see. There's a lot of ways they can go. But at least Heath Slater, at least they're doing something with them you know, now. I agree. I, I liked it where it was like loser gets to stay on raw winner or winner gets to stay on raw. Loser Lee is fired, but like the neither of them were on raw. So that was weird. Right, yeah. Yeah. Like, like the losers no longer on main event. I like how they came out together, right? Like it was a one-on-one match, but they came out as a tag team, even, even for the last battle. I thought it was great. It was different. Uh, Finn Balor versus Jinder Mahal for the 1 millionth time. Yeah. Uh, good place on this show. Um, the, the highlight of this, obviously, was the Singh brothers tried to interfere, cost Finn the match. Apollo Crews came out to Finn's aid, did this dope gorilla press toss, uh, throwing one Singh into the other. That man is freakishly strong. Uh, Finn Balor uh, picked up the win here, and he celebrated afterwards. Um, you know, I guess this was the getting the old highlight reel going again, right? I guess. It seems yeah. like they're going back and forth every other week on if they're going to do something with Apollo or not. Well, but here's uh, the thing about Finn, Finn Balor, right? He 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 was did shenanigans twice earlier, and then he picks up a win here. You know, I I definitely saw. I mean, if you were going to tell me they're they're trying to heat up Finn Balor again and make him a priority, I'm sure felt that way tonight. I'm sure. Well, I mean, he beat Jinder. Um, you know, he's he's facing Drew McIntyre at the pay per view, so they they got to do something with him. Um, yeah, I you know you talk about the heels going over. I'm pretty sure Drew's going over in that match, but. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to see Finn utilized better. I'd like to see him in, you know, the Intercontinental title picture. Um, but you know, they they clearly have, you know, they clearly have him slotted at a certain level where he's not quite a top guy, but he, you know, feuds with guys that are on top and, and it help, you know, kind of gets them over. Uh, well, if you believe all, if you believe all this smoke, uh, it, where there's smoke, there's fire going into 2019, uh, Finn Balor would be one hell of a free agent. So if you're looking to keep him happy and, uh, uh, and on board, I don't know. I don't know, but they were, they did more with him tonight than they've done in weeks and weeks and weeks. That's for sure. He actually was involved in many things. So and when did Finn Balor sign? Was that, um, let me see here. That had to be five years, four, four, four years ago, five years ago for the NXT run. So 2014. Yeah. Um, usually they sign three year deals. So he, he obviously had to have renewed at some point. So, um, yeah, I'd be curious if, if he is a free agent next year, that, that is going to be very, uh, that would be very interesting. Yeah. It just seemed like tonight randomly, I was like, man, this guy got, uh, one over and two segments and then actually won a match like three different times. They made him, you know, and you didn't have to, you didn't have to have him help Elias in that segment. They, 
you know, I don't know. Well, unless they're planting the seeds, you know, again, for that six-man tag in case Braun's not ready to go. That's true. Well, then why Apollo Crews? <laughs> yeah, that, uh, I don't know. Apollo's having him feud with Jinder on the, the house shows. I don't know. It looked like they were setting something up with Apollo and, and Jinder, which... I like, I like how you just broke as a human. You're like, I don't know, Nick. You know? <laughs> Shut up. All right. Um, <laughs> we get back to the break. Uh, we get our latest coming soon vignette for Lars Sullivan. Lars speaks in this one. He says it doesn't matter which brand he's going to. He's going to cause havoc no matter where he goes. Uh, and this takes us into the main event. Ronda Rousey, Ember Moon taking on Tamina and uh, Nia Jax. Uh, I'll cut to the finish here. Snuka rolls Rousey up from behind for a close two count. Uh, Ember Moon ended up hitting the eclipse on Snuka. Rousey grabs Snuka's arm, drops her into the arm bar. Jax looks on from the floor as Snuka taps out. After the match, Rousey and Ember stand tall as Rousey's music hits. We go to the replays. Jax backs up the ramp as Rousey trash talks, stares her down, holding the title over her shoulder. And that is all for Monday Night Raw. Ronda starts. Ronda closes. End of Raw. Yeah, it'll be interesting to to see how the the rating goes. I, you know, I the match it was what it was. Um, I thought it was kind of nothing. I thought this third hour was mostly nothing. Um, so it'll be interesting. I mean, they've been hovering barely above two million viewers uh, for this third hour. Uh, last week they did two point six, and the first hour was two point one by the third. So they lost a half a million viewers uh, from the first to the third hour. So we'll see. Um, and then a couple interesting things. Raw and SmackDown. Raw is going to be on Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. And then SmackDown is going to be on Christmas Day you know, and New Year's Day. So they're going to be taping those shows in advance. So I think in two weeks, that Raw, they're going to tape two episodes of Raw that night. So that's going to be a long night for the, the people at that show. Man, that's old school. They used to do that all the time. Yeah. Two- right. But, but then it was two hours. <laughs> Now it's going to be yes. You're there for. I'm sure they'll they'll do a bunch of backstage stuff. So I doubt they're going to do six hours. But you still got you know your 205 main event tapings. I don't know if they'll do anything those weeks or preempt it or, or what. Dean Ambrose. Here's how I want to spend Christmas. Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins, empty arena match. You, you can film it in the afternoon before you even let the crowd in. Yeah, you could. Yeah, just I'm just going to throw that one out there. I'll I'll. I'll I'll give that Bobby. Well, Dazzle. you know it's Christmas, so they always do this the Santa stuff and you know the backstage stuff. So I, I should see them doing a bunch of skits. What's what's Christmas unless Big E gyrates on a candy cane? Am I right? Yeah. Remember Alberto Del Rio hit Santa with his his car one year. That's right. <laughs> uh, and then Edge retired, standing on top of that car, right at WrestleMania. No, that was his his last match before he had to retire. I guess. Yeah. Him. Yeah. Um, all right, uh, we've gone a little longer than I expected here tonight, Raj. I will tease. We'll talk. We'll take one or two t- news topics here to wrap it up, and then we're going to shut it down. But Wednesday, I'll be back with uh, your Glenn's not, so it'll be you, me, and Justin on Wednesday. No, I, I, Glenn will be back. Glenn is back this week. Okay, so me, Glenn, and Justin on Wednesday. You can tune back in here noon Eastern, and then of course Thursday, I'll be back with the Winkley, uh, talking all the news of the week with a ton of interviews. Uh, but we'll touch on a couple things here real quickly. For those of you that are wondering who wrote last week's Raw, Observer saying, to no surprise, a restless Vince McMahon wrote Monday Night Raw last week. Uh, you know, uh, someone asked in the chat uh, if, if, if I feel there's something that WWE is doing right right now. <laughs> and to be fair to the WWE, they, you don't want to throw your big guns out right now. That's what for January. Football season's over. You're starting to build the Rumble and your Mania. That's your big season. So you don't want to bring the big stuff out right now. But it, it, well, one thing they're doing right, Becky Lynch, 
And uh, the stuff on SmackDown's, uh, you know, miles ahead of Raw. NXT, all of it. Yeah. Great. You know, it really is. It's like Raw is this, <laughs> it's his own place that yeah. exists. Yeah. It's and- just- yeah, and it's I, so hard to watch Raw right now because it's three freaking hours, and it's it's one thing if you have a an uneventful two hour show, but I remember I'm mean, just after the first hour of tonight's show, and I was like, "Holy freaking crap, we got two more to go." Uh, well, I thought it was that for for those of you that are fans of PCO, uh, PW Insiders reporting, we can pretty much confirm here at this point, PCO has signed a, a deal with Ring of Honor, set to debut imminently. If you go over to PCO's Twitter account, he posted a video tonight. Uh, he does one every Monday night, him and D Destro, where he signed what I believe to be his Ring of Honor contract in blood. Great. Um, but the segment also started with him taking a brain as a gift he was given. And it uh, on the brain, it's labeled Vince McMahon's old brain or Vince's old brain. And he accidentally drops it and it shatters on the ground. And uh, I just thought it was what a what a wonderful little tidbit there from PCO on Monday night. Yeah, uh, he's going to be great, by the way. And I, inter- I interviewed Matt Taven today for an interview that's going to be on the Winkley on Thursday as well. Uh, PCO, if you're not a fan, don't know who I am. Check him out. Uh, he's going to be in Ring of Honor next year. He's the modern day Frankenstein. And I threw out the idea of him and Vinny Marsalia, who's part of the kingdom and is like the horror king, possibly working together. And Taven really took to that idea. That would be a interesting dynamic there in Ring of Honor with those guys. Yeah. Uh, uh, Wrestling Observer also reporting Hulk Hogan close to signing a new WWE contract. Will not be wrestling. Legends deal. Um, not a surprise, I guess, at this point. I mean, if they're going to bring it back to Crown Jewel, he's back in the mix now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just don't know what, you, you know, outside of a Legends deal, I don't know what else you do with him. I mean, just special appearances, I guess, here and there. Again, I would not want to use him as a, I wouldn't use him as a GM or anything because he just overshadows everyone. Uh, so I just think that, um, uh, yeah, just bring him in for sporadic appearances here and there, and, and yeah, he's there's a legend. Mar- there's markets you can send him to overseas and stuff where he's not going to get the press he does here in the states, and I can see why I could see why they would sign him. Yeah. Um, Real quick, also tomorrow WWE's taping tribute to the troops, so that that taping is being held tomorrow at Fort Hood, so that'll be airing. You know, they they do the Christmas thing on USA, so it'll be airing then. But yeah, they're taping it tomorrow. Um. Uh. Well. We could talk about Nikki Bella's dating life or not here. Uh, she looks like she's going to start dating again. Uh, but let's close here by talking about uh, this podcast appearance, Petey Williams podcast, the Young Bucks, uh, speaking out for the first time about the rumors they're going to be launching a pro wrestling promotion with Cody Rhodes and the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, next year. They don't directly address it, but they do acknowledge that they've had discussions with in- investors, big big money players, and they, they're weighing their odds. They're going to try to take care of themselves next year. Yeah, it seemed pretty clear they're not going to be staying with ROH. You you spoke with Joe, Joe Coff last week. We got an article on that. Um, Joe Coff pretty much said the same thing. He doesn't expect the the Bucks and Cody to to be staying. Um, yeah, you know that he said basically that they they got the trademarks for All Elite Wrestling just to kind of protect their brand. Which you know, obviously they're not going to give away their you know all the strategy and all the plans. Cody Rhodes. I reportedly was at a, a meet and greet, a fan meet and greet, and said that this um, announcement in January is going to be huge. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, you know, with the, with just internet, uh, if you're using that as your vehicle, I, I don't know how far you're going to get. You, it seems like you need a TV deal. So we'll see. Because, you know, those being the elite shows, they usually do around 150,000 viewers. Now, that's, 
you know, again, that's it's great for merchandise. You get a, a large percentage of those viewers buying the merch and everything. But to run an actual promotion, you, you need more than that. We see that with Impact. I'll say I'm becoming slightly sympathetic to Ring of Honor and New Japan through this situation because, and, you know, I, again, I'm a big fan of the Bucks. Cody, I was at All In. What an amazing show that was. I would certainly encourage them to, to spread their wings and fly. Take the chance if you've got it. But for these companies to give... Cody, who is looking to rebuild his image, the Bucks, who are on their way up, they have two sandboxes to play in, Ring of Honor and New Japan, who let them do it. Everybody made a lot of money. They went to the next level. I don't I don't know. I mean, without Ring of Honor and New Japan, is this as fun? I guess is the thing for me as well, right? I mean, yeah. does, it, does it take something away from it? Yeah, it's kind of like you're just kind of um, – di- uh, I guess diluting the the pool or uh, or spreading it too thin. Uh, you know, no, if you got, I don't, know about, I don't know about spreading it too thin, but it definitely seems to me like kind of stabbing in the back the guy who like grabbed you while you were falling over the cliff and lifted you up, and now it's like, okay, well, I'm I'm good now, and then you throw that guy off the cliff. I don't know. Like, no, at some point, you got to do what's best for you and your family, <laughs> but. Uh, I, I just don't know, you know, like, cause so many of these talents work for new Japan and ROH. And now if they're going to be, you know, I can't see them sharing talent with this new group. Um, and I think they pretty much just said that before. So uh, all of a sudden now you got, you know, you got impact, you got ROH, you got new Japan, this new group, whatever, whatever they're doing. Uh, you know, you got Tony Khan involved, the Khan family, which owns the Jacksonville Jaguars. So they got connections. I mean, I'm sh- We'll see. I mean, Billy Corgan, you know, was, was involved with impact involved with the NWA hasn't been able to secure any real sort of deal. I don't see Billy and Cody working together. No, 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 I don't either. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see where it goes. Uh, does, I don't know. I just, you know, it makes me appreciate ring of honor, a little new Japan, a little bit more as everybody's so definitively in the camp of this AEW thing. And it's like, well, wait, there's these other guys that have this huge infrastructure and lights and cameras. And they gave you this platform and the merchandising allowed you to do whatever you want. I don't know. Without that, is it as fun? I guess we're going to find out in 2019. Yeah. I'll leave wrestling. We'll, we'll see where they go with it. All right, guys. Uh, like I said, I'll be back on Wednesday, noon Eastern here, uh, doing the new show, uh, the weekly podcast, uh, alongside, uh, Glenn and Justin Labar, and then Thursday I'm back uh, with the Winkley Podcast. Big episode this week here. Let me pull up my notes about all the guests we've got here this week. Uh, we're going to have Glow founder David McLean, wild. Uh, we're going to have ROH COO Joe Koff, also awesome. We're going to have former WWE Tag Team Champion Dr. Tom, uh, Dr. Tom Pritchard. Uh, I've also got interviews with Ring of Honor's Flip Gordon and Matt Taven, and I don't know, maybe somebody else. Who knows? Um, WWE Hall of Famer, are we, are we forgetting about in there? Booker T. Oh, Booker was last week. I already played him. Oh, oh, my bad. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I, was like, wow. I, was like, I was like, wow, we have way too much content as it is. I need to start getting these out. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, tons of stuff. Tons of stuff coming up on the site. Yeah, too and, much. Uh, I want to make a. I want to make an announcement here on the site now that I've I've booked all the the flights and uh, we've made arrangements and everything. Uh, Going into January, we're going to start the year off hot. Uh, I will be going down to Nashville, Tennessee for Impact Wrestling's homecoming. I'll be participating in all the all the VIP events. I'm going to be sitting front row. You'll be able to see me. You should give me a wink shirt or something to wear yeah. front row. You know, Absolutely. Um, and I'll be we'll be providing ringside coverage for those events, the TV tapings the night after, and at the TV tapings the night after homecoming, we are going to be awarding 
our Impact Year End Awards. Uh, I was talking to Josh a little earlier, Raj, about how we do awards and voting on the site. So we're going to have, a, it sounds like, probably an Impact Wrestling male, female tag team of the year. And I'm going to award, I'm going to present these awards, Bill After style, at Impact Wrestling, uh, their TV tapings the Monday after homecoming. So get excited about that, guys. This is going to be a great way for us to start off 2019. And um, just, you know, strap in. Let's let's get it going, right? Absolutely. It's going to be a, it's going to be a fun year. Yes, absolutely. All right, guys. Uh, Raj, anything you want to plug, promote, put over here before we wrap it up? Uh, no, just all, all the stuff coming up on the site. Just keep checking it out. Tons of exclusives and everything every day. Now, by the way, Al, one of our exclusives, Alistair Black and uh, Zelina Vega got married. So, Yeah, man. They did such a good job of keeping that under wraps. Good for them. Yeah. What a, what a, what a beautiful couple. Uh, and yes, I'm Nick Hausman at Wink Rebel over on Twitter. Thanks for tuning in tonight. And remember, if you winked, you didn't miss it.